my name is Sheridan Ruth, and I am here to welcome you home. This is the Exposed Podcast. Where we reveal the body-based ways to ease anxiety, heal trauma, and create an empowered connection with love and money using nervous system regulation and a healthy dose of self-compassion. Hello, welcome. My name is Sheridan. I am an integrative somatic trauma therapist, and today we are talking about practicing nervous system awareness in relationships. <clears throat> this episode is for people. It's for you if you want to love yourself better. It's for you if you want to love the other people in your life better. It's for you if you want to have less tension. It's for you if you want to be able to work through the inevitable stresses of life or perhaps trauma that you have been through or that you're currently experiencing with a little bit more resilience, a little bit more ease, and a little bit more love for a lot. I want to start uh, this episode off by actually telling you a story about a mentor of mine, um, he, some of you who are already in this world will know what I'm talking about. Somebody, uh, you guys won't know what I'm talking about. That's fine. If you don't know who it is, that's totally fine. Um, it doesn't matter. But I was in a training recently with Richard Schwartz, who is the founder of Internal Family Systems. It's a therapeutic technique that I like to work with. It's parts work, essentially. And so we're in this um, training and there were quite a few people in the Zoom call. It was online training and he was taking questions. And there was a person who said something and asked him a question that I can't remember what the question was, but I remember witnessing it. And she asked this question and my body had this like, like, oh my God, that's a really awkward question to ask. That was quite aggressive. It was an aggressive question. And I could feel my nervous system go, I get this activation, right? Almost like holding my breath, like what's this person going to say? You guys, you've had this experience before, right? And so I, I've watched this occur and I've watched his response. His response was to actually say something along the lines of, this is not verbatim, of I'm feeling really activated right now and I want to respond to your question well and I'm feeling really activated right now. A part of me saying X, Y, Z and a part of me saying X, Y, Z, etc. And I thought this was a really good example of practicing nervous system awareness in relationship. What continued happening was he kind of said this, his response activated the other person. They came on, they had a conversation on the call. You could tell 
that they were both tense. It was a bit awkward. And by the end of it, they created reconciliation. And they actually had to take a break. And there was a reconciliation that I believe was made off screen. And it was it was uncomfortable. But we don't actually practice this nervous system regulation, nervous system awareness, trauma healing, self-love. We don't do all of this to avoid conflict. We do it to be able to hold conflict and disagreements and other people's perspectives with love and awareness. We don't want it to escalate. We want it to stay in this, this nice calm realm. Sometimes that includes taking breaks. But I thought this was a good example of uh, somebody using this awareness uh, in relationship to somebody else. And I thought it would be supportive to actually break down what nervous system awareness is in relationship, how to do it, and give you some practices. As I move through this podcast and as I move through explaining to you all of these different things, I'm probably going to reference my nervous system PDF, which you will find in the show notes. I'll make sure it's linked. It's my nervous system PDF. It's totally free. Just download it with your email in, and it's going to help you understand your different, your different nervous system states and what they look like. This is different to random information that you will find online. It is much more um, specific and helps you understand, number one, what's happening in your body that will tell you that you're in a different nervous system state an activated or a, not, or a more relaxed one. And number two, it's going to give you practices, tools, and um, yeah, practices and tools that you can use without much privacy, without much time, and without many resources. You don't need to have anything special. So go ahead and download that while I'm speaking. Um, but let's get into it. I actually asked a few people on Facebook and Instagram who had any questions. And the first question was, how do I start? So let's start there. So how do you start? How do you start nervous system awareness and regulation in relationships? The place you start is with yourself. <laughs> the place you start is understanding your nervous system and understanding what triggers you and what regulates you. Your nervous system runs throughout your whole entire body. It's automatically responding to all of the stimuli outside of you and inside of you, actually. And it doesn't respond in a way that your logical mind does. It goes into its file cabinet system of understanding the world since the beginning of time. And more specifically, the way your nervous system responds is based on like generations back, up to seven generations back. It's responding to information from up to seven generations back. And it's kind of um, classifying it. it. Classifies it, gives you sensations, gives you emotions, and gives you thoughts, which then you reclassify, you classify it again, and you kind of decide, is this helpful? Is this not helpful? Should I feel good about this? You, you do a million things. You ask, am I a good person for having this thought? Am I a good person for having this emotion? Does this mean that there's something wrong? We do all these things. But essentially, your nervous system is collecting all of this information, kind of classifying it and then presenting it to you through your thoughts, emotions, and sensations. Everyone's nervous system is really different. For you, it might not be very bothersome to have really loud noise and a messy house. Your nervous system, your mind, your body might be like, whatever, not a big deal. 
for your partner, it might be extremely difficult to have noise at a dirty house. It might put their nervous system in a state of stress. But we start with you. So using the PDF, you're going to start looking at the different nervous system states. There are essentially one, two, three. I like to think of them as four. It's helpful for me to think of them as four. Different theories have different opinions on this specific number. I'm not super worried about what the specific number is. Let's think of them as four. You basically have your um, stress response, which can be classified either as a fight, or a fight response, a flight response, or a freeze or a fall response. And so you're going to use your awareness, you're going to use the PDF, and you're going to begin to notice when do I respond in a way that I want to fight? And we'll talk about in a moment about more how to identify that. When do I want to, when do I respond in a way that I want to flight? So I want to get out. When do I respond in a way where I kind of freeze or fall? And what helps me feel regulated? When do I respond to things in a way that brings me back? down into a space of calmness and curiosity and compassion. I like to think of the states of, there are many uh, ways we can get into the, understand what a regulated nervous system is, but when it specifically relates to relationships, I like to think a, ner a regulated nervous system in relationship is compassionate, it's congruent, it's clear and it's playful, right? So it's compassionate, congruent, clear, and playful. Or spontaneous or whatever your version of playful is. So we want to begin understanding yours. We also want to begin by understanding theirs. We also want to begin by understanding how you guys work together and affect each other. I find one of the easiest ways to understand nervous system, the nervous system of your own and that of your partner in relationships is by looking at your communication. It's just one of the most tangible, clear ways that you can interact with yourself and another and use it as information to tell me where am I, where are they in the nervous system space. When I'm working with you one-on-one, -on -one, I would ask you more questions about what's inside of your body. But I can't actually experience the body of my partner. So the way that I understand their nervous system, yeah, like I know things about them so I can look at the way that they behave and their posture and all of these things. Um, but the way that I can understand it in the most, uh, not superficial, but just obvious way is through the communication. Our communication will change depending on our nervous system state because our body is telling us that we need to communicate in a different way. What I'm about to say, as always, it is not a comprehensive list. It is a guide for you to understand these things and then apply them to your life. But in general, you might notice that if you are in a fight response, so your body is in a stress response and it thinks it needs to fight to protect itself, that you are highly judgmental and critical, either of yourself or of others, right? So there's this fight energy of highly judgmental and critical of yourself and others. 
This also moves towards blaming or lashing out. And getting angrier usual, angry, uh, angrier than usual at something. So I like to think of kind of just like getting angry, right? If someone's really angry, it's usually a sign that they're in more of a fight response. They have this very visible anger. Uh, you can be angry and not be in a fight response. That's very true. But generally, if you're observing anger in somebody, unless it's passive aggressive, they're probably more likely to be in a fight response. I would definitely say, though, that they're in a stress response. If they're if they're visibly angry to you, they're in a stress response, meaning that their nervous system thinks they're not safe. And when your nervous system thinks that you are not safe, you are not interested in reconciliation. You're not interested in hearing the other person out. Nothing. We'll talk about that in a sec. But you can identify. So notice, when do I go into a fight response? And when do I go into... Wait, we haven't got to them. Yeah, I'd probably also put here uh, defensiveness. I think it depends a little bit on the person, but I would probably put defensiveness in, in the fight response. The flight response tends to be, um, they like, they're just kind of like a little bit checked out or lost. They don't really wanna be there. There might be like jittering you might find yourself kind of jittering, like, I, I don't want to be there. Lack of eye contact. Um, maybe trying to avoid the topic. Kind of like, oh, let's talk about this later. Let's talk about this home. You're avoiding connection with an individual by focusing on something else. And there's a restlessness about this. There's this energy that's like, it's restless. It's a little bit anxious. It's like, oh, I don't really want to be here. I want to be focused on something else. Okay, that's another way of stress response. Your freeze response might show up in communication as stonewalling, putting up a wall in between yourself or in between the other person and you. So this might be something that's really conscious or subconscious. Freeze responses can actually be kind of more difficult to identify because sometimes it's, I feel really frozen and I don't want to do, so I'm just going to get really busy with work and avoid this conversation. I feel really frozen about this issue. I feel paralyzed with this issue. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I'm just going to not have sex with this person for a, a while. It might be this, like just stonewalling you, um, putting you down, not just kind of refusing to talk about something, refusing this like, no, it might be that you are checked out in the middle of the conversation so you're kind of having this conversation and then you just don't really feel present you just kind of like there's this almost like this numbness or this cloud or this fog that overcomes you this heaviness sometimes or sometimes you can just feel really light and like you're almost floating above yourself this disassociation sometimes comes in what can also happen when a way to see that somebody is in a freeze response or the way that you are in a re freeze response could also be that you're in analysis paralysis. So you're in this loop of overanalyzing or overthinking about something. Your partner might do this to you if they just want to like speak about it a lot, or you might do this to your partner if you just want to speak about something a lot. Just kind of get to the end and figure this thing out. That can be a sign that we're now in a freeze response. I did group these together in that they are in a similar dorsal vagal um, nervous system response, 
but I will take a moment to differentiate the difference in communication with freeze and fawn. This freeze is like a literal freeze. Your body is like frozen, not prioritizing resources and energy for the thing that it thinks is dangerous, such as your partner. Fawn, it's similar, but it's more of this appease in relationships. And this tends to be um, very common in people. People who experience a fawn response most likely have experienced that or adopted that way of uh, behaving since they were a child because it can be really helpful when you're, it's not healthy, but it can be very helpful when you're in child. And this appease or this fawn response is typically demonstrated when you are people-pleasing or saying yes when you actually mean no or feeling like you can't say what you really think and feel. This might be a sign that either you or the person that is demonstrating these, experience, these behaviors is in a full response. So if you notice you or anyone else going through these uh, communication qualities, you could now understand that their nervous system has put them into a stress response, meaning their body is literally telling them that they are in danger. And probably you're the dangerous one. I know that you're not the dangerous one. I know that you love this person a lot. But if either of you is in the state, it means that their body's priority is just self-preservation. And you can try and fix it. You can try and talk about it. You can try and find the right technique and you can try to do all of these things. But before we can find any resolution, we need to get you both out of this stress response. Because when you are in a stress response, you literally just don't care about collaboration. You don't care about teamwork. You don't care about understanding. You don't care about compassion. You don't really care because your body thinks you're unsafe and your body thinks you're running from a lion. And when you're running from a lion, you're not going to stop and validate everyone's feelings because your, your body's like, we're running from a lion. So I want you to have a little bit of compassion with yourself when you notice yourself in these places, like you haven't done anything wrong. It's okay. Let's just get you back to a regulated space. And also have compassion with your partner and say, yeah, you know, their body is telling them that they're unsafe. Let's get them back to a safe place. That's the essence of nervous system awareness in relationships. So that's where we begin, by understanding, um, by bringing awareness to what brings you into these states, what brings your partner into these states, and then also understanding how you work together. So how you influence each other to either enter or exit these states. There is one thing that I said uh, about congruence, so I, I named compassion, congruence, clear, clarity, and playfulness as hallmarks of regulated nervous system communication and awareness in relationships. And congruence is a really important one here. I go really deep into this uh, and what to do and how to really be congruent in, in relationships uh, without hurting yourself or others inside of my courses. So it, and it is quite in depth and I can't go into it fully here, but I will say that it's important to be congruent when you are in relationship with another person, meaning that your nervous system state, your emotional state and the things that you're saying and doing should all be in alignment. They should all match up and make sense because if they do not, 
you are out of congruence. Things don't make sense. Things don't add up. When things don't add up, it equals a lack of safety. Have you guys ever been um, in a, you've guys like gone to a, a dinner party, right? And your childhood may have been like this. It may just have been a dinner party that you were at, but you go to a dinner party and you can like, you can tell that there are two people who are fighting. You can just, there is something that is just off. It's just off. And you don't really have a lot of information to tell you, but like, it just doesn't feel right. It's just kind of off. When your nervous system perceives that something is just off, it says, I don't have all the information here. Something isn't right. I'm unsafe. And it is more likely to go into that stress response. It's like, I'm not, I don't have all the information. I'm not safe. It's difficult. It's traumatic for the nervous system. That's why sometimes, you know, you might use these uh, communication tools and techniques from uh, like, I don't know, nonviolent communication. Maybe you've read that or you might use these tools and techniques from therapists and, and you try to use it. You're like, yeah, this is what's supposed to work if I, if I do relationships like this and it doesn't, it doesn't work. It, it actually makes things worse, right? <laughs> Sometimes this happens and it's because there's a lack of congruence between what your body and your emotions are, are telling you and what you're doing and your partner's nervous system is picking up on that. And it's saying, they're lying to me. There's something that's not right here. I don't have all the information. I can't receive the love that they're trying to give me. Furthermore, when you're out of congruence in yourself, your nervous system does the exact same thing and says, she's doing this thing, but it's like not totally coming from her heart. Is this safe? Or am I, it's not safe. Is it really safe to be me? If I'm doing something that's out of alignment with what I'm really feeling, eh, is this really safe? Probably not. You're, that's the conversation that your body is having with your brain. And, and so you actually are more likely to go back into a stress response and feel hopeless and feel frustrated, feel anxious, and go back into your rumination and go back into your passive aggressiveness. You know the deal. You do this. I do this. We do this, this happens. So that's where you start. Download the PDF, understand your triggers and what regulates you, understand this and understand how you affect each other. We're basically creating a map. You're looking at where your current blind spots are so that we can then uh, address that and for lack of a better word, fix it. Then what we're going to do is actually I'm going to answer the question somebody asked for simple regulatory practices that I can easily weave into my life that will be proactively beneficial to my relationship. This is a really good one. And it really comes back to knowing what your regulated zone is and knowing when you get out of that. So ways that you can identify regulated, once again, PDF has much more information on this, but essentially you feel kind of at home. You feel grounded, um, you have perspective on things in life, you feel patient, you feel curious about things, you feel compassionate, you feel a little playful, you're happy to be around people, you're happy to go and do things in life. You feel at ease, even when things are hard. 
doesn't mean that you don't feel stress or it doesn't mean that you don't feel big emotions. It means that you're able to feel the things and say things like, you know what, I'm feeling sad and I'm okay. You know what, I'm feeling frustrated and I'm a bit worried about what this means and I know that we're going to get through it. Or I don't know that we're going to get through it, but I know I'm going to be okay. It's this feeling of confidence and resilience and this sense of like, yeah, it's okay, it's safe. And the best thing that you can do for your relationship is increase the amount of time that you are in this regulated zone. I call it the green zone. Getting back to that place where you get out of it is going to depend on a lot of things. So number one is knowing your green zone and, and really like the, the best thing, I'll say it again, the best thing you can do for yourself and your relationship is increase the amount of time that you are in that green zone, particularly when you're interacting with each other. Some examples of practices that you can use to get back to your green zone might be if you are in a flight. Um, so let's just say that you uh, have a conversation with your partner and something they do or say just gives you this energy of like, I have to get out. Like, I don't want to be here. You're getting distracted. You don't want to focus on it. Like you just, you're just like, I, you know what? Like, no, no, it's just, I don't, I'm anxious. I'm fearful. Like, what are they going to say? Like, I want to get out. Your, your body has gone to this stress response where it's put all this energy in your limbs and it thinks that you need to run away from something. A lot of people that I know who have an avoidant attachment style, which means that they are less comfortable with being close to people, have experienced this energy of I have to run away from something and they, in that moment, they actually ignored it and it kind of got stuck in the system and became this is a very simplified understanding of this, but it became over-pronounced in the system, was not released through the system, and now they have more of an avoidant attachment. What can sometimes be helpful if you do have that flight response of, like, I just want to get out of this, this is a no, I no, instead of going into the conversation more or going into the reasoning and the thoughts in your mind, get up and get out and expel that your body wants to do this action of getting up and out. It wants to get up and out. It, it's like I got to like run away from something. So what I want you to do is for look for actions that you can use in your body that will complete that action cycle. So this literally means getting up and going for a walk around the block. And this might mean saying to your partner, you know what? I need to pause this for 10 minutes. I will be back. It's important that you actually do come back to your partner because nervous system awareness in relationships is creating emotional safety in relationships and creating emotional safety is doing what you say you do. Dear listener, before we wrap the end of this episode up, I want you to know that I see you. I know that you're ready to bounce back from difficulties in your life quickly and with more ease by having the tools to regulate your nervous system and find inner peace instead of inner conflict. I know you're ready to embrace life's challenges and stresses and feel confident to take on whatever comes your way, including anxiety or anger, to move through them without manipulating them, without having to spend eternity in uncertainty, sticky emotions and physical discomfort. 
you are ready to celebrate the growth of yourself, your relationship, your finances without experiencing shame or guilt when you're doing it quicker than those around you, which is why I'm extending an invitation to you to book a expansion call where we will dive even deeper on exactly what you need in your personal situation to make this a reality, to go from overwhelmed managing big emotions and perhaps going into anxiety or depression to overflowing abundance, ease and certainty. You'll get free support around your unique situation and we will also discuss whether or not working through my ease framework in a one-on-one capacity is the best fit for you right now on your journey of becoming more resilient and regulated. Use the link in the show notes to lock in your call ASAP. So if you can't come back in 10 minutes, don't say that you will, but say, I just need to go for a walk and then I'm going to calm myself down. And then I'm going to come back to this conversation. I, I want you to come back. doesn't mean that you have to have the big conversation in that moment, but you do need to check in with your partner because we need to be mindful of their nervous system as well. So if we're in this flight energy, you notice that you're getting into that flight behavior. Get up, expel the energy. Sometimes it's dancing. Sometimes it's like punching something. Some, it's just like getting up and getting out. If we go into the fight energy, so remember that's like you feel like you're, you need to kind of defend yourself. You want to fight. Maybe you're more angry or defensive. Once again, instead of going into the words and the thoughts and the plans and the ultimatums and the boundaries, go express the fight urge that your body has. The fight urge means that it's looking to expel motions and expel energy in a way that is similar to that of a fight. So, for example, this might be you go punch some pillows. It might be that you go to the gym. And I think lifting heavy objects is a really helpful one in this place because it gives the muscles the contraction and release that they're really looking for. And it can be done by just cleaning your house and cleaning behind the um, the sofa. Like that could be your thing that you do because you're in that fight zone. You could just anger clean. <laughs> If you do not feel supported by the idea of going into the fight energy, and I and I don't, I need to preface and say I don't mean like you go in and you become the energy because that can be traumatized into the body, and I can never recommend that you go in and become the energy. You're letting your body expel the energy through your actions, but you are still remaining strong and resourced. And I'm gonna have to do another episode about resourcing uh, later on, so look out for that one. So you're remaining strong and resourced as you do this. If come if expressing the fight energy doesn't feel supportive, you can do other things such as have a cold shower, um, use some lavender uh, essential oil, use any type of essential oil that's really calming, do some long exhales, um, something that is going to be calming to the parasympathetic nervous system. So bring you into that parasympathetic response could be just some stretching. Uh, if you might, if you notice that as you do these more calming uh, practices, your mind just doesn't really want to shut up. I would just get up and shake a little bit and then return to the calming practice. There's a whole list of recommendations inside of the PDF. The other thing that you can do 
um, oh, sorry, if you're going into the freeze or the fawn response, what's happening is your body's actually taking resources. Your body's kind of pretending to be dead, right? It thinks that the best way that it can manage the threat is by pretend, pretending to be dead. And sometimes when we're in this freeze or fawn response and we're numb and, and we just like don't really feel good, a lot of conventional uh advice over the past couple of decades has actually told you to like take deep breaths and do meditation and it's really shitty uh it doesn't help when you're in this freeze or this fall place you actually want to activate energy so we need to do something even though you don't want to i know that you don't want to but you need to do something that puts energy in your limbs even though you don't want to you just want to go to sleep any sleep that you do enter into is actually going to, not going to be very nourishing because your body is dysregulated. So it's in the stress response while it's sleeping. What we want to do is get regulated, get back to the green zone, and then you can have a nap. So you probably don't want to do this. You probably just want to watch Netflix. And But I want you to just get up. I want you to go buy something from the shop. If you can, I find it really helpful to just interact with somebody. When we interact with human beings, it gives us um, the sense of it's a social response and it brings us back to like, oh, my God, if it's safe enough to interact with somebody and to smile at somebody and have them smile at me, it's okay. Everything must be safe. That's what's happening in your body. Go buy something from the shop, get up, stretch, um, sit in the sun or practice an activating breath practice. I have a couple of in ones on my Instagram. Um but anything where you're actually focusing on increasing the inhale, that will be really helpful. If you have any of my master classes, you probably find we, we do this a lot inside of my master classes as well. I give you some there, especially in the what to do and triggered one. Go back to that. So those are the regulatory practices that you could do. And you can see that you don't actually need a lot of stuff to do that, right? But just bringing yourself back down to your green zone as often as you can and taking breaks. Oh, this next question, I got a lot of people <laughs> ask me, and it's how to get your partner interested in it. This is an interesting one. Let me take a sip of my tea before I answer. So I'm going to answer, I'm going to actually answer with some advice, but I'm just going to also answer, <laughs> do like a little bit of a, yeah, but it doesn't matter. They don't need to be interested in it. <laughs> Sometimes we worry about getting our partners interested because it is a way that we get to avoid doing the work. Or we blame our relationship's lack of success on them. And you're in a dysregulated state when you're doing this. It's not helpful and it's a coping mechanism that you're using because you get to avoid doing your own work. It's a pain avoidance mechanism. So my answer is don't. Don't get them interested. Focus on yourself. Model to them. And if it is supportive to them, they will get interested in it. We have to trust that our partners are grown-ass human beings who know what is best for them and they will make empowering decisions because sometimes their nervous system regulation path is not through learning about it through this. Sometimes they just do it because humans do do it. We've been doing it for years without podcasts, without the internet, without this information. Yes, we do it better now, uh, 
in some ways. Uh, who am I to say, actually? I don't know. I, I wasn't all over history. Uh, but, yeah, I think a lot of us who are in this space, we need to be open to the idea of our partner's path of self-development being completely different to ours and having nothing to do with personal development. They might find this in different ways that we don't understand. It might be by going to the gym. Maybe they're sitting and doing deep rest on the toilet when they take a break from your conversation or we just don't know. So my answer is don't try to get them interested. But if you do want to get them interested and you're 100% sure that it's not coming from a place of, of you getting to avoid your own work by just focusing on getting them to do something, here are my tips. I think it's what's been like the most helpful um, for me and for the clients that I've shared this with is actually sharing them the PDF and sharing with them the PDF and teaching them about the yellow, red, blue, and green zones. And when you're having conversations and you notice yourself kind of moving to a yellow, red, or a blue zone, just saying, Wait a second, I'm yellow. And just naming it, just saying I'm I'm getting up, I'm getting activated in this conversation. And and encourage and by you doing that, you're modeling to them that they can also do it. You might suggest it. You might also just let them see if they want to. You might just ask, you know, bring your curiosity. Hey, do you want to practice this thing where we only have conversations in the green zone? I think it could be really helpful. You know, maybe it would make our relationship easier what do you reckon kind of curious you've got to be open to them saying no and that being okay got to be a safe person to say no to so i probably say learn your own zones and communicate with them when you notice that you're in those zones the best way that you can get anyone interested in anything is to be a role model to them and so once you're using that you're kind of okay let's we're practicing this awareness, we're noticing when we're triggered, we're noticing when we're activated, I would focus on getting back to, to green and then moving through a couple of steps that I'm going to give you. I'm taking these steps from my what to do when triggered framework. Uh, I went over this in episode 12 of the podcast. So this is inspired from that. Um, if you want more information about this, go to, to that episode. So the first thing is we notice that we're dysregulated and we say, I gotta, I need to get back to green before I can continue this. The first thing we do is we get in the body and you use any of your regulating techniques to get back in the body. If it is hard uh, for you to do that, using all of the other techniques that I've shared with you and the ones in the PDF, a couple of others that I wrote down earlier that I haven't mentioned are tapping your body, providing feedback to the body by tapping it. You can use a flat palm or you can use two fingers, just tapping it all over, swaying and rocking the body. This can actually be really nice to do with your partner. If you guys are having a difficult conversation, just kind of touching each other or even just swaying next to each other or going underneath a blanket. A blanket can be really nice, very nourishing, swaying and rocking the body. This is a regulatory technique. I'm sitting here and I'm swaying as I speak and I can actually feel that really uh, calming me down. 
connecting with breath together. So you can just say, you know, let's get back to green. Take, let's take three deep breaths. Or squeezing your muscles and then releasing them. Squeezing everything and releasing it. Squeezing everything and then releasing. Some of these techniques will help you get back. I'm giving you a lot of information at the moment. Don't think that you need to have all of it. Just pick one that sounds interesting. Write it down. Use that. So once we get back into the body and we get fairly regulated, not to say that you feel amazing, but you just kind of feel more grounded, we want to work through naming the emotion. And so I would probably do this. If I was looking to get my partner interested, I would do this process with my partner. Let's get back to green. Oh, let's name our emotions. And I want you to get really clear about what your emotion is. An emotion is not a feeling. I feel um, like you X, Y, Z. No, that's not an emotion. An emotion is an emotion, such as anger, sadness, loneliness, frustration, indifference, indignant. Find your emotion. You can Google emotion wheel. You'll find that if you're in some of my, most of my master classes have an emotion wheel or an emotion scale. If you find them, all of my programs do. Name the emotion as clearly as you can. If you are struggling to name the emotion using the resources that you have, look at the sensations and thoughts and just kind of ask, hmm, what, could, what emotion could be related to these thoughts? And you're just sharing that. You're not making it wrong. You're not judging whether or not it's adequate. You're not like nothing, nothing. You're just like, yeah, you know, I'm experiencing a lot of sadness. That's it. Then I want you to name a resource and a, or something pleasurable, something that is supportive to you. And so this is like, okay, I'm in my body. Oh, I'm experiencing a lot of sadness. And this chair is very supportive to me. And I feel good. Um, sitting next to my partner right now or I would actually I, I would feel really good and resourced if we were to sit in different rooms at the moment or the sun on my face is helpful or this tea in my hand that you're finding something that is a resource which is really just a place that uh is a thing that gives you comfort and confidence. This Sometimes people use resources saying, we're a strong couple, we're going to get through this. That would be an example of a resource. Then I want you to get really curious. Curiosity is a pillar of a regulated nervous system. And the more curious that you can be inside of all your relationships, including with your own thoughts and your own sensations, the better. So that includes being like, oh, I wonder why I feel so sad about this. What am I assuming when she's speaking to me? Huh. Or, hey, I wonder if like maybe things aren't going to, like they aren't going to play out the way that my mind's telling me to play out. Or even like, hey, babe, I noticed that you kind of like made a, a bit of a face when I said this thing. I'm kind of curious, like what was going through your mind when, when that happened? We're not making you wrong. We're not making them wrong. We're not talking about shoulds. We're just saying this is here and this is real. And we're doing it from a place of understanding that you and your partner have stress responses and that there are going to be times where your body thinks that each one of you is the enemy. And your job is to, to support your nervous system in getting out of that 
and re-establishing a sense of safety and trust together. This is the beginning of what might be, for some of you, a long road, but it's a very nourishing one, very, very nourishing. So wherever you are on your road, I'd love to hear your questions, your thoughts, um, your successes, your wins. It's very supportive. I like hearing it. I'm being selfish when I ask for them. Uh, I'm also being selfless because I get to help you and orient you guys sometimes, but I, I really like it. So that would be really cool if you could do that. <laughs> I'd like that. Definitely share this with a friend. Um, save it, download it, come back to it when you need a reminder. Make sure that you have the PDF. And thank you so much for listening. Bye. A big and special thanks to Upturned for composing this magical piece of music and to GS Studios for mixing it. To find Upturned's other tracks or ask for your own special custom piece of music, go say hello using their contact details in the show notes.